Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Maddie Dykewald. Maddie, are you ready to do this? I'm ready if you are. Excellent. I I think that I am. (laughs) Maddie is the co-founder of AgeWave, the world's leader in understanding and addressing the far-reaching impacts of our aging population. I'm excited to have you on. Maddie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, okay. Well, I've been doing this for a really long time. Uh, My husband and I started Age Wave at our kitchen table, literally in 1986, when we were just little babies, basically. Uh, And we figured that it was really important to get out a message about aging and that it wasn't what people thought. In fact, at that time, most people thought that 50 was over the hill. And if you hit 60, you were super lucky and you were very old. Uh, We wanted to change that perspective, especially among the corporate world who just, they basically dismissed older adults as not having money and not wanting to spend money and not really being worth investing in. And what we did is we went out and we talked to those groups and we tried to tell them that the aging is coming and you better get prepared. And uh, I think we impacted the way people thought about aging. We changed the game in terms of how we define old and uh, and that aging is not just a number. It's a state of mind. And uh, I would take that one step further, that there's a certain amount of wisdom and experience that comes with aging that needs to really be embraced by our overall society. Uh, on the other hand, what we began to see is that there were some real challenges that people face as they get older and they in particular have to do with health and money and that health and money are very interrelated. So that's how we started H-Wave and uh, here we are all these years later still going at it. I love it. So take me back to to the the top of the time machine and go back to that kitchen table in 1986 and (laughs) you and your husband are just having this casual conversation about changing the way that 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 society views aging. How, How did that even happen? Uh, well, my husband was more the impetus than, well, actually both of us were, so I'll take credit for that too. <laughs> At the time, I was uh, working in enter- in entertainment. I was actually on a soap opera for a while as an actress and doing a lot of commercials, and I was in my late 20s, and people believe it or not, at that time would think of 35 as being over the hill for that industry. And it, and I, as I... My, 
the years creeped by, I was realizing, oh my God, I may be irrelevant in five years or seven years or 10 years. And I didn't want that to happen. So I began getting really interested in understanding what is this bias against people getting older? And why are we doing this to ourselves, making ourselves irrelevant at younger and younger ages? And I wanted to change that. And at the same time, my husband uh, was really involved in working with older adults, trying to figure out like what, what, how is aging defined? What do people do to make themselves seem older? And they were actually, he was getting involved in the field of aging itself. And what he began to realize is that in the field of aging, there is this kind of attitude that as you get older, you need more and more assistance uh, from friends, from family, but also from the social network that's out there, from the government, from and that social policy really needed to embrace older people, which it does. But in the process of doing that, there's a certain amount of making older people seem like they're just vulnerable, that they're not powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that there, sure, there are some older adults that need our help, that need assistance. On the other hand, there's some that are very powerful and can actually give back rather than just take from the overall society. Well, I certainly appreciate everything you just said. And I find it to be extremely interesting how it seems like if, if, if you're watching a, a movie and the, 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 the community or the tribe, if, if, if they need answers, they'll go to the elders, right? But in yeah, Star Wars, right? Yes, sure. Okay, perfect. Star Wars. But in, 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 in today's culture, it, it, or, or I, I don't know if it's today, I, I guess, have, do, do you feel like we're reaching an inflection point where we're getting over the idea that 50 is, 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 is old and that we shouldn't be paying attention to our, our, our old, to older folks? Yeah, I think that 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 is no longer the case. People no longer think of 50 as being over the hill. And I think part of it is demographically driven. What we're seeing in our world today is two things that are affecting it. Number one, people are living longer and better than ever before. I mean, just 100 years ago, average life expectancy was only 47. So yes, 50 was over the hill. Uh, right. But today, average life expectancy has gone all the way up on average to 79. And many people are living longer than that. So we're beginning to have models of what it's like to be older. And some of them are really positive. So that's one contributing factor. The second one is that our demographics have really shifted. Um, when you think about age demographics, not diversity, but age demographics, uh, what we've always had in our world, especially in the United States, is we've always been about youth. Youth was where the action is, that youth was where the growth was, and youth was where the growing markets were. But that's not so much the case anymore, although people still sometimes behave as if it is. What we're seeing is the fastest growing segments of our population are the oldest segments of our population, not the youngest. And that's never happened before. And as we begin to see that taking place, what we begin to realize is that the world is changing 
and we've got to change with it. And our attitudes and expectations about what is old and how you define old and what to expect from people who are chronologically older, it's very different than what it was just 100 years ago. So when you talk about what to expect from people who are chronologically older, what, what, what does that mean? Okay, so this is one of my big crusades right now. I think we're beginning to see more. First of all, let me be really clear about something. Um, we have some challenges and we have some opportunities as we get older. And one of the challenges that older people face is physical decline. And not everyone goes through a lot of physical decline, but if you don't take care of your body, you're definitely going to go through some physical decline. And even if you do take care of your body, you may experience physical decline of some sort. It's inevitable. So yes, there are challenges with getting older, but also as we begin to see more and more older people, we're beginning to experience a kind of ism. I mean, we talk about, you know, sexism and racism. Well, I think ageism is probably the biggest ism we're all experiencing. Uh, we think that if you see older people, and maybe they do have some physical debilities, you think that that applies to their brains as well, that they're they must be enfeebled. They probably can't contribute back to society. Uh, maybe they can't even earn a living. Uh, whereas that's not the reality. The reality is, is that older adults in general, in fact, from our studies, we've learned this, that just because you hit 65 doesn't mean that your life changes dramatically. Many older adults want to be working. And in fact, they find that the workplace is really ageist against them, doesn't want to give them a chance because they have these stereotypes in their mind of what it means to be older. And these are negative stereotypes rather than positive ones. We need to replace some of those negative stereotypes with more positive ones because just because you hit a certain marker in terms of chronology, it doesn't mean that your life is going, it doesn't mean you're over the hill. I think that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And not too many stereotypes are uh, positive ones. So, so those are certainly the challenges. What what do you view as as the opportunities? I think the opportunities is to keep growing and learning and keep contributing back to society, um, to have more time to focus on the things that really matter to you. I think that's a huge huge opportunity. I mean, what you see oftentimes in older adults is they begin to recognize the fact that they have a limited amount of time on this earth. And recognizing that makes every day seem really important. And making every day seem really important means that you're bound to focus on the things and the people that you really care about that really matter in your life. And, uh, you become a little bit more engaged with yourself, if you will. Uh, you're not so much on the surface, I think, and you dig deeper into yourself to try to focus on what's really important. Well, I think that that's such incredible advice, and it's something that uh, that I, 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 I know that I work hard at, 
keeping top of mind for for me and being mindful of 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 living each day to the fullest and and you, you try to instill that into into others who are younger and sometimes it just takes uh you on, on you're 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 going to realize that when you're ready to realize that so mm-hmm. do you have have I, I i guess i'm i'm curious in along that line helping people to to sort of flip that switch on of let's let's really maximize maximize what what we want to see happen in our lives what 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 advice would you give to people who who are in fact in that position they're they're 65 and up and then what advice you'd give to to the children of those people to help mm-hmm. maybe maybe foster that thinking in their parents okay well let me try to answer that in a few different ways first let me say that family actually becomes more and more important to people as they get older and engaging in your family and helping your family in whatever way you can becomes a high priority for many people. Now, not everyone. I mean, and some people, by the way, don't define family just by blood. I mean, maybe it's a a close group of friends or people that you've worked with for your whole life that really matter to you. But the people thing becomes front and center for many people as they get older. So I would advise people to really focus on those people that they love and find ways that they can interact with them. But to get to your subject of finances, uh, there's an interesting dynamic that takes place with money as people get older. Um, First of all, when people are thinking about getting older, the number one worry they have are financial worries. And oddly, the biggest financial worry that people have is about being able to afford health, health care. So that just points to the connection between health and finances very clearly. And I I think that that's a really, that health-wealth connection is a really important one. And when I say wealth, I don't mean being rich. I mean having the financial wherewithal to help you navigate health and healthcare as you get older. And frankly, the number one way you can do that is that to take care of yourself, physically take care of yourself and it's the simplest advice that you can give people and they they've heard it so much that you might see an eye roll but you know it's about movement it's about making sure that every day you're not just sitting behind the computer or on facebook or social media of any sort you're out there taking a walk especially in nature 30 minutes a day makes a huge difference. Uh, and the other side of that is what you put in your body. I mean, you people have said it, you are what you eat. Well, you are. I mean, that's what builds your strength and resiliency. And if you fill it with junk food, you're going to be like full of junk rather than if you fill it with really healthy, real food. Like real food is what comes to mind. So do I tell people not to eat meat? No, but eat the healthiest meat that you can. And do I tell people that they shouldn't have any sweets? Well, that that's very hard to do in today's world. But, you know, what I find, and, and I'll put it into the context of something that's happened to me. Um, I'm a really active person and I do a lot of, I'm like kind of obsessed with exercise You might even think too much obsessed with exercise. (laughs) But as a result, 
I had some pain for a few years in my hip and it started in one hip, moved to another. Finally, I got an MRI after a lot of other things, doing a lot of other things first. And what I discovered is that, that I really had hip dysplasia. And today when kids have hip dysplasia, uh, orthopedists do something about it. But when I was a kid, they didn't. And I so it had helped to create a bone on bone situation in both my hips. And I needed to get hip surgery in both my hips. And I decided to do it at once. And before I did it, I said, well, gee, how can I prepare the best? And I did a lot of research. And what I discovered was that there's this anti-inflammatory diet. So cutting down or cutting out on dairy, gluten, and sugar. And that's what I did. And within six weeks, all the pain in my body went away. All of it. So that's an example of taking control of your health. And frankly, you know, I did go ahead and have the hip surgery, but it saved me a lot of time and a lot of money because my recovery was almost amazingly quick. Nice. I mean, within two days, I was out, I was out of the hospital after one night. Uh, within two days, I was walking without any assistance. Um, my physical therapy was much quicker and less expensive than anticipated. I mean, the benefits to both my health and well-being, as well as my financial well-being, was enormous. And I, I, I have to obviously give you all the credit in the world because you saw a problem and or at least you were experiencing the problem. You figured out what the cause was and then you wanted to make sure that you had a speedy recovery. So you made probably pretty major changes to your diet and cut out a lot of things. And it and it turned out to uh, to have made an enormous difference. Um, so do you just chalk that up to its intentionality? It's 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 educating yourself and then having having the discipline to, to, to be able to, to follow through on things? I was pretty motivated. I was in really seriously bad pain <laughs> and anything I could do. And I was already taking lots of Advil. So <laughs> I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I need to, I wasn't having my surgery for, for a, like a couple months and I needed, I didn't want to people were looking at me and saying, oh my God, you're limping. And my kids would say, mom, are you okay? So I felt like I was like on on a potential cascade in terms of my health that was going to age me dramatically. <laughs> and I made a choice. I decided that that wasn't the future that I wanted. And so, yes, I, first of all, educated myself and spent a lot of time doing it. And second, I was... I wasn't obsessive to the point, you know, I had wine, for instance, sure. because that was making me feel better, not worse. <laughs> uh, but I was, I had every motivation in the world to follow this regimen. And I found with, in a very short amount of time, six weeks, that it was actually having an effect. And once you experience the effect, you say, yes, this makes a lot of sense. I'm doing it. You're highly motivated. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. I love it. Your kids are like, Mom, are you okay? I'm like, no, my my freaking hips hurt. <laughs> I'm getting old. You know, yeah. they, would, they would think that. They would think, oh, my God, I always thought of my mom as being super youthful. 
guess that's not the case. It catches up with everyone. And now, you know, it's it's been almost a year since I had hip surgery, and I'm more active than ever. I was just talking to my son, who's in his 20s, and we're planning a ski trip for sometime in the very near future. Awesome. I love it. Well, Maddie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, Okay. I know that this sounds crazy, but (laughs) uh, my big tip is just three words. Just do something. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we have a tendency to over, over overcomplicate things. So just do something. I think is is as good as it gets, right? There. And I would say that that's in the realm of health and the realm of finances. In that's finances, sure. you know, it's particularly pertinent. I mean, if you haven't invested anything, put aside something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get and started. If, Yes, and same thing on the health side. If you've never decided that eating well or exercising, that those two realms were not important to you, just do something. Start have have some veggies with your dinner tonight. I mean, do something different and start to feel the results, and that's going to motivate you to take more steps into the future. That's going to make your life better. I love it. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Okay, there's two places that they can learn more about me, uh, both websites. One of them is the Age Wave website. So that's www.agewave. So it's age like getting older, wave like a wave in the ocean.com. And then there's my personal website, uh, which I'm hesitating only because my name is not the easiest in the world, but it's uh, maddiedykewald.com and there's no spaces, but it's M-A-D-D-Y-D-Y-C-H-T-W-A-L-D.com. And if people got that, they're amazing. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Maddie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to agewave.com or maddiedykewald.com, M-A-D-D-Y-D-Y-C-H-T-W-A-L-D. And like I say when I spell my last name, Maddie, that, that I'll go G-R-O-M-B-A-C-H-E-R-L-M-N-O-P, and everybody always laughs. laughs. Well, thank you again, Maddie. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.